right and the left. That's correct. You are. Because you're living on a line. It's a linear expansion in this direction and the other one. It has infinite length but infinitesimal gain. Timeline Only one dimension for you to meet your friends in meters on the line. I like that really energy knocking in. it out of the park. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What I should do <laughs> is just come into the room and then immediately leave and then yeah. come back in. And, and I have to go and fetch the audio. Yeah, that'll be good. Yes. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Welcome to Zymeline Earth, Zymeline a new podcast, a new Cadfast experience. <laughs> Zodcast, Zymeline Earth. Yeah, that's what a, a dumb. <laughs> yeah. Fucking dumb. Just so yeah, dumb. I don't get it, but can you imagine going to work every day? <laughs> can you imagine every day you have to put on a suit and tie and shuck and jive in front of this man baby who just <laughs> behaves on a woman because he has sixty quadrillion dollars? He can't feel consequence, but you can. <laughs> yeah. And every time somebody asks you where you work, you you say begrudgingly X. They're like, what's that? And you're like, the old Twitter. <laughs> oh, the old Twitter. I didn't shitter. realize they changed their name. <laughs> Zitter. I'm a jitter. I work for jitter. Yeah. There's a lot of questions about language that are going to come up because of this decision. The zeets, the re-zeets, the Zimeline's Earth. I figured out why the news sucks lately. Okay. Yeah, that's, this will be good to know. I'm trying to think about how to. I still haven't come up with the right phrase, but I think I'm going to rely on the phrase forced discourse. Mm. It feels that lately, generally, but lately, I am being forced not just to know the news, but to pick a side. Yeah. On yeah. all news. Well, it's been trending this way for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I it love has. it. You like that, Aaron? I really do, yeah. I think it's You good. like waking up every morning and now you have to have an opinion on the Barbenheimer thing and then the next morning you wake up and you have to have another fucking opinion about something else. I think, I mean, at least for me, like my follows and followers, I don't find myself compelled to get into uh, like the the weeds um, because our followers... I, I say this grudgingly, generally don't compel at least me to have an opinion on any of that. They retweet stuff though. They do, yeah. And I They that's, do a lot of reseeding. I I do hate them for that a lot. There's a lot of reseeding. I didn't need to see Richard Hanania's three thousand seven hundred and twenty five word breakdown of the Barbie movie. I didn't need to see it. No. No you didn't. But you did. I think it comes down to a problem with you, Bird. Uh, you are not <laughs> mu- using the mute button as liberally as you should. I don't want to mute my all. Of, I'll have the, it'll be silent. Silent. There's nothing on the silent. timeline. <laughs> silence. <laughs> the silence button. Yeah, maybe you just don't have. Like for me, it is effortless because of how much contempt I have to just scroll right past. 
I see like N word grandmother sixty nine retweeted. If my son's a faggot, I'm gonna make him drink lots of raw milk. Like, and then I have to read that, and I and it expects me to have an opinion on it. Oh, but you're on desktop a lot too, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. So that might be part of your problem. It's maybe it's just easier to ignore. I'm I'm a mobile guy. You're a mobile guy. It might just be more easily ignored on mobile than desktop. How do you? But. I don't understand because how you have you to gl- <laughs> because you have to glance up at traffic every now and then to make. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the case. <laughs> Just dodge that. <laughs> I don't. But I don't. My point is, if I see it, that's it, it's a mind virus. That's enough. If I see the take, I am compelled to feel about it. Are you just not seeing takes? I'm not. It's not that I'm not seeing takes. I'm just not feeling. There's an air gap between seeing and feeling for you. Yeah, I, I think I've lost that feeling for a while now. That uh, to be having an emotional, to have an having not not an emotional response, but just a response. Justin Murphy tweeted, "Everyone knows who should have played Barbie. Amber Heard as Barbie would have been genuinely avant-garde feminist aesthetics." Imagine how provocative, risky, and exhilarating it would be to make if she was in the film. A world historical work of art simply by virtue of this unthinkable gesture, it would have put Mattel in a whole different class as an artist. With the great and truly daring auteurs, almost all men, of course. You look at that and you despair, and I look at that and see an opportunity. I, I responded, this tweet sucks. <laughs> <I didn't know. laughs> it's, it's not despair. Yeah. It's annoyance. I, uh, <laughs> I put a meme of Amber Heard taking a shit on a bed. Great. Like, that was, <laughs> you, you were in yeah. on that tweet? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah very good. Like, yeah. I look at that as an opportunity. What can yep. I do that's okay. good for the show? Oh, I see your capital. Yeah, you know what? You, the, an older man loses the will to fight and gains the will to teach. Yep. You're still a younger man than me. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Just stop oil preventing a woman from taking her baby to the hospital. And your and your and and I'm looking at your retweet invoked <laughs> Reginald Denny. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're all we're all experiencing the the X site in different, very different ways. Yeah. Very different ways. Even yeah. okay, but even this, even this, from the New York Post, true American icon, Congress two way creating Tony Bennett Day. Somebody underneath goes, so we're officially honoring talent instead of people who gave everything to this country. I was compelled <laughs> to respond. What? He fought in the Rhineland offensive, Brandless yes. Rube. Oh, yeah. But also, yep. it's Tony Bennett. Right, yeah. He did what? do a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? You're comp- you see, Carl, you're starting to feel it, right? You're yeah. starting to go, wait, what do you mean he can't have a day? He sure yeah. can. Like I can't, I almost can't think of someone more deserving of a day all around by any <laughs> given metric of whatever you decide needs to have a day. Another one from Ruth Ben Giat. <laughs> God. Twitter X, X conjures starting from zero and ability to erase history and start over again. 
fascists love that. See my fascist modernities. As the Roman numeral for 10, X featured in propaganda honoring a decade of fascism. And then it's a propaganda of Mussolini. And my response, in what universe does X mean starting from zero? What is, that's not math. Are you getting any responses back to these things? No, they had not one of the things that I tweeted out has anybody responded to. Well, I responded to you today because you were getting pretty aggravating on my timeline. <laughs> you sure did. Here's one more from Interstella 5555. Just a reminder that Chad, 20-year-olds younger than you, get to deflower hot virgins, experience teen love, genuine love, with every woman you've ever dreamed of, have harems, cheat, and be praised for it while you constantly get berated on top of your shit-existing life. My response... LMAO. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best response sometimes. That's all I can. That's what I could muster for that one. Because I looked at that last guy's entire zymeline and it is depressing (laughs) as fuck. It's really depressing. It's he's a true incel. A true incel poster. Yeah. Good stuff. And then I have chunky, like I have people in my friend group talking about how he's eating expired shrimp. And I have I'm just scrolling down this. Oh, I got to Hunter Biden's lawyer doing a bong rip. Now I'm happy again. See, when when the news is like that stuff, yeah, I'm I'm in my Zen state. Yeah, it's a great state to be in. Great state. That's up. That reminds me of something that I <laughs> that I just I don't know what made me recall it. But do you remember when this was breaking on uh on the Zyme line, like maybe a year or two ago? You remember that when when the news. A helicopter was covering that car accident of a relatively famous person or something like that in L.A. And yeah, vaguely. she like got out of the gurney and tried to yes. escape the ambulance and they put oh, her back yeah. in. <laughs> yes. Dude, whatever she happened was with that. crazy, dude. She oh, was, vax- she was yeah. vaxxed up. Yeah, yeah. LeBron James's son you saw just had a heart attack. I saw that, man. That's crazy. Vaxxed yeah. up, dude. Good grief. Vaxxed up. And probably German steroids. Maybe. That's how LeBron's been doing it this whole time. Yeah, the Vax, remember, I liked when the Vax was making people do strange things. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? And actually, we're getting a lot more of these. Do you remember that one woman who was like the deaf interpreter for Adam Schiff or whatever? And she was just going buck wild in the background, yeah. like really, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. really freaking her knob. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. Yeah. Yep. I, this, I like that. What I is like Timeline Earth's official position on steroids? We're oh, super good. pro steroids. Yeah, yeah, we're super pro. Yeah, we actually did probably before you became a co-host. Uh, we actually did an episode with Jacob of Tasting Anarchy, all, uh, like largely about how cool steroids, steroids are. Yeah, yeah, Chinese steroids. I don't yep. remember if he uses them. Uh, looking at the size of him, it's possible. Oh yeah, I mean the the it's crazy. Jacob uh, can oscillate between. 260 pounds and built and 490 pounds and slim. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. I've never seen, like every time I see him, I'm like, Oh wow. I, I get, he must be one of those guys that you just, he like lifts a few weights and then just blows up again. Cause he's, he's a real life Superman. I, the he fun, is. one of the, maybe the funniest memory that I have of recent is arriving to the Childerberg campus. Actually, I got there a day before him. Yeah. Yeah. When you were digging, Digging in your bulwarks down by the the stream. Oh there. yeah, dude. Oh yeah, we were we were locked in, <laughs> yep. and we come back and we're driving back, and I just see this like giant 
sunburned colossus <laughs> in the distance. My girlfriend is driving, and I point, and I go, it's Jacob. And he's like, he has this, like, zen smile on his face. Yeah. And he's extremely super jacked, and he's just having the time of his life. That stuff brings me the Kennergy that he's got Kennergy. He does. By the way, he's got mm. super Kennergy. Super Kennergy. And then, of course, returning to the original topic, the Barbie movie, as I've said, I could read the 3,700 words, but I won't, has just as, as exploded this, disc, this weird discourse that is happening. That the, everybody wants to be. Ken. Everybody feels that they are Ken and that they feel like Ken is like a Tamagotchi in a box. And they're just watching his life and they feel like, you know what? I'm Ken. I live this life. It's terrible. We're being forced to discourse about things I don't want to discourse, fellas. What is... What was the impetus be, between this, like, because they're showing the double feature of Oppenheimer and Barbie, right? Is that right? Yeah, Barbenheimer, dude. Barbenheimer. What was the impetus behind that? Is that just a marketing deal or what was going seems on? It seems like it. It seems like it was a very successful marketing ploy. Yeah, that's a seems lot. seems like it was of... a very successful marketing ploy for two very Maybe. different kinds of people. Yeah. Who want to see different kinds of movies. Hmm. I tried to go and see the Barbie movie. Actually, I was my, my buddy from New York, my, my longest, my oldest friend. My longest friend. He's very, he's very long. You should see this guy. Very long. Uh, <laughs> knowing all of your, fr- <laughs> knowing all of your friends and how long and, and how long they are, so that you can refer to them as such. So I was, with, <laughs> I was with my longest friend and my fourth longest friend the other day. We were at the Barbie. We were at the Bob Barbenheimer. The show. Barbenheimer preview. Yeah, we were gonna with go one and get- four. We were going to go and get tickets to see it. Um, my longest friend. <laughs> me, my longest friend and I. And we're walking, we walk up to the ticket booth. First of all, we had to fight through 25 to 30 Barbies. And um, they're not sending their best. I mean, these women are, most yeah, of them are pretty dogs. tough. It's pretty tough yeah, out there. Most of them are dogs. They ne- could never be Barbie. They might be G.I. Joe's. <laughs> We go up to the counter, and there's this, a little guy, like a little guy, a barb, a barb, a Barbie of a guy. Your shortest friend. <laughs> no, it's just a, a <laughs> like a pickled human, a human who has been put in a jar with a lot of vinegar. And I go, "Can we get two, three tickets to go see the Barbie movie? Because my longest friend needs two seats." <laughs> three tickets to the Barbie movie. And the guy goes, sure, let me look. And he looks, and he goes, you're not going to like this. And he flips the screen over, and it's just the seats directly in front of the screen. And my, <laughs> and my, and my longest friend goes, yeah, we'll take them. We'll take them. <laughs> oh, no. He's, and then he said, and there's not three seats together, so you're going to have to sit separately. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> And and I and my friend goes, yeah, we're, yeah, let's take those seats. And I'm just, I'm like flabbergasted. I'm like, no, we're not going to take those seats. I'm not going to sit in the first row, separate from you and the other person that we're with for five hours, s- for however long it is to go and see the Barbie movie. I walked out. I just stormed out. I was. Mm. It was a. It was a nightmare. Well, it sounds like you dodged the real nightmare. Barbenheimer, dude. And I don't want to see the other one. I don't care. Well, I mean, I, you know, do, do you want to start with some news? 
I, I got a piece of news. Yeah, why don't you throw out a piece of news? One of the things that I was compelled to discourse about, but at the end of the day, I had a really great time learning of it, was as, as kids are moving away from violent sports, football, lacrosse, they are they're moving towards new types of sports. And there is a growing... So you've heard of pickleball, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's a new phenomenon. But there's a newer phenomenon sneaking up. Going to be found in every gym everywhere soon. It's very popular in countries with very long people. It's called hobby horse. You ever heard of this? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so, I have, unfortunately. Yeah. There's a little there's a little game that women used to play in Finland called Hobby Horse. What it is, is it's basically you take a horse's head with a stick, and the horse's head is usually not real. I imagine in olden times it was a real horse's head. And you you it's a creative sport where you go and you flop around and you pretend like you're riding a horse. And you you practice your stride. And you try to be a horse. And it sounds like an activity of a bygone era, but in recent years, in recent years, it has it has really trotted into the hearts and minds of people. And what we're finding out is that men are starting to not boys, fully grown men, are starting to compete in the sport of world hobby horse. So it might be difficult for you to imagine, like a guy like Jacob, six five, muscle bound, gracefully jumping over a makeshift fence or perhaps a tire uh, with a stuffed horse's head and a stick between his legs. But it's the newest trend that is taking over the sporting world. Country of Finland, as you'll know, famous for exporting Nokia, sauna, and moo-moos, has bestowed upon us yet another unexpected gift. Extremely burly men prancing around on hobby horses. I looked into some of the names of some of these uh, sportsmen. A man named Yarko the Juggernaut Vertinen, who is a Finnish heavyweight lifting champion, has a valiant steed named the Nordic Nemesis. <laughs> and then there's another guy named Gunnar Johansson, who goes by the Viking. He's from Sweden with his companion Mjolnir. This sport, usually traditionally popular amongst young girls, is starting to see an influx of extremely burly men mastering the arts of what they call dressage and show jumping. In the United States, former linebacker Vince Smith, who is known as the bulldozer, rides a horse named Tinseltown Twinkle, and they're making waves. 250 pounds he weighed in. He does pirouettes and prances with grace. From Europe to Asia, the trend is continuing. A former sumo wrestler turned hobby horse enthusiast, Hiroshi Tanaka, known as the Samurai in America, although in, Jap- in Japan he's known by something different, has a horse himself, and he does synchronized jumps and poses. It's an imaginative playfulness that I feel is really welcome in this year. And I also don't want to look over the... It's viewed as childish and feminine, but there's an encouraging and powerful message here that there are notions of masculinity and sport in the game, and also of community. There are now local competitions in many countries, mostly in Europe and Asia. It hasn't really taken as strong a hold in this country. There are tips, tutorials you can find online to perfect your canter. 
and add a touch of sparkle too. So in a world where I feel like masculinity in a post-Barbie world, in a Zymeline-based post-Barbie world where masculinity is narrowly defined, men gallop across the world in a lighthearted, poignant reminder that it's okay to step out of traditional norms and be better than women at their sports. <clears throat> uh, is this like um, a bronies? No, not bronies. What do you mean? I know, but like, I mean, do you think it's related? You think Vince the Bulldozer Smith is a brony? No, I don't. I'm not saying that he is a brony. That's why I said it like a brony. Oh, do you think bro? Oh, is it is like this an bronies? extension? Is this an ex- a cultural probably, extension of that bygone era? There's probably a lot of overlap. I don't. Th- I don't know. You, I, you'll have to tell that to Yarko Vertanen if there's an overlap. I mean, the Scandinavians are uh, conquered and mentally ill people, and I'm not surprised that they would find exporting their mental illness here to be relatively easy. I You're mean, against Hobby Horse, it seems. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan of Hobby Horse, Car? Are you a fan of this concept? I don't know if I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a observer. Uh, I'll observe momentarily. Zobby Zorse. <laughs> I have okay, some uh, late breaking news. Let's hear it. So Def Jam Recordings at Def Jam. It's a big win for hip hop today. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's resolution honoring the 50th anniversary of hip hop was passed. Congratulations on this incredible win for the culture. And Chuck nothing Schumer. says late stage liberalism and like like a Jewish politician honoring hip hop. <laughs> it's probably a cousin of his who produced yeah. most of the records. Yeah. <laughs> what, thank well, you, thank I, you for getting me in on those for profit prisons. <laughs> if we can, <laughs> if we if we're allowed to have a celebration of fifty years of hip hop, which I think is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have Tony Bennett Day? That's that's a good question. That would be the holiday of this. Po- Does that people do people understand that would be this podcast's holiday? Especially yeah. if it falls on a Wednesday, we take the day off. That would be that would be more the celebration that we need. It's very disappointing. Ultimately, it, it's crazy. Do you guys hear about cocaine sharks? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you yep. saw that. That was cool to you. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. I didn't feel compelled to have an opinion on the cocaine sharks, but yes. No, Apparently, just... there are lots of sharks that are washing up on beaches with massive amounts of drugs stuffed inside of them. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. This is a <clears> new <throat> way, I guess, cool. tracking trafficking drugs. Mm-hmm. I guess that's brilliant. You think so? Brilliant to you? Yeah. Yeah, Low I like energy, it. fellas. I feel like we need some cocaine here. We need to, we need to up sure. our energy levels. Why hey, does fellas. this cocaine smell like fish? <laughs> Do you think they smell like fish? Sharks? I imagine there's a little bit of it. Sharks. Seeps in. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. You know, a little yeah. briny. A little briny up the nose. Brine. Brine. Bro. All right. Cocaine sharks uh, moved our energy levels by two decibels. Let's try to pick our energy levels up with the road moving. What does that mean? Stockton, Utah, witnesses what has been described as Toad Mageddon. Oh, Familiar? No. Oh, 
Are you really going to get into this right now? Toad Mageddon, my friends. Toad Mageddon is something that seems to happen every now and again in the state of Utah. They estimated 12 million toads formed brigades, battalions, legions, whatever you want to call them, on a small road outside of Stockton, Utah. What are they going to do? Fuck. <sighs> Incessantly fucking. Are they getting hit by cars? Would you hit them? So. You that's, hit that's one a, toad, it's negligible. You hit 50,000. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you you hit one toad, it's a tragedy. You hit 50,000, it's a statistic. <laughs> so, no, seriously, what are they doing? Like, what are, the, are they attracted to the road because of the heat of the road? Are they attracted uh, to the road because of the heat? Let me look. It's the road toad. Um. Okay. Uh, what seems to be happening is, okay, there's an un- unprecedented, it's unprecedented and extraordinary. Apparently it doesn't actually doesn't happen that often. They are fucking on the road because some people have called it the Great Toad Trek, which I think is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, herpetologists, which is what wow. frog studiers are, herpetologists. Why, you said? Why? No, it was just a more vague groan. There's seven guys at the University of Utah who are paid to explore these phenomenon. Uh, Jane Richardson, a leading amphibian expert, explained that the migration was likely due to the heat wave that is occurring and that their usual fuck spots, which is not a term that they use. It's not a term that they use, but it's a term that I'm choosing to use. They're seeking new ponds to fuck and lay eggs in. Because of the heat wave, 105 degrees. 105 degrees in Stockton, Utah. I hit 103 degrees down here in Miami. I almost wanted to kill myself. It's very bad. So the DOT, the UDOT, um, temporarily closes the highway while the they actually have local volunteers who go out there and wave the frogs off. <laughs> How do you like that for a job? Nah, no fucking today, boys. <laughs> you gotta fuck somewhere else, fellas. Get back this to the is a Mormon state. You will not be fucking on our roads. Yep. Moving them off, yeah. Local store owner said it's like we're witnessing one of nature's most remarkable events right in our backyard. I'll tell my grandkids about the day Stockton turned into Toad Town. So they're optimistic about things, I guess. I would Embracing say. the glass half full. Yes, yeah, yeah. A lot of weird things are happening because of these heat waves. We're being told it's it's an Armageddon, fellas. Uh, I, I wanted to get your opinion on this car as somebody who lived in Texas for many years. Does the heat is this heat uh, unusual to you? Uh no. Doesn't feel Not unusual. Really. No, I mean it's a uh, <clears throat> it's definitely one of the hotter summers so far. But uh, yeah, it's not like as bad as. 2018 and you know just this is just the way it is you know Do you see the article about the woman who's like if you go outside in 95 degrees yes, nothing can save you <laughs> yeah yes like literally the other day i had lunch outside it was gorgeous it's a yeah the, maybe the best weather to have lunch in is in the shade 95 degrees oh yeah it's great especially it's if it's dry lovely. oh no oh, yeah well it wasn't dry here but we had lots of water it doesn't matter like it's yeah 
Mm-hmm. People are going I, nuts. Yeah, about I don't this. understand when people just stopped liking summer. Like the hot weather is fun and cool. It's a Yankee thing, I think. Maybe, maybe. No, Winking is, about the heat. This is new for me too, because this is the first year that, um, like, prevailing wage jobs have called a black flag condition, which means like no stop work because of heat. <clears throat> like, That's crazy. And I've really? seen it happen before, but. Not like when it's ninety-two degrees out, right? So you, you're, what you're saying is it's it's not that the temperatures are so hot it finally warrants it. You're saying that the standards for that flag going up have lowered. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No toads fucking in the lakes by you, are they? Yeah, it's the people that are in charge of putting that flag up are now for some reason incentivized to put it up. Can you like figure out why for me? Because oh, I'm I'm telling you right now, it's because they're pushing climate change. Yeah, that seems to be ramping up recently. I mean, it's always kind of there, but uh, it seems to be ramping up recently. But the toad story didn't push the climate change. It's just what I thought was weird. Yeah, like there isn't a unified voice on this being climate change. Can we get an early life check on the author of the toad story? Of the toad article, absolutely. <clears throat> the Oh, it just says KSL. KSL is a local news station in Utah. Well, I don't know, but it does I, either, I, I, I guess yeah, you're right, I think. Maybe pushing climate change possibly. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, and maybe it's maybe it's easier to push up there, but like down here like we're not going to break records from like two. I think it's like 2018, 2010, or 2012. I mean, it would just take so much to break those. I think I saw like I can't remember which year it was, but the every day in July was over like 102 degrees or something like that. Oh, yeah, like fuck. every day. Um, so like we just we're not going to break those records. So it's it's pretty obvious on the new. <laughs> I mean, unless they just outright lied. Uh, which you know is not, I'm not putting past them, but they're just mere. There's, a, there's a guy holding a a match very close to the thermometer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so hot. Trying to like <laughs> trying to up it a little bit. Oh my god, yeah. it's 208 degrees. Yeah. No, I mean it's you know they always have to be like, well, it's not the hottest one recently. 2018 was hotter. You yeah, know. I they're gonna push it, but I I do feel like climate change has lost. It's it's think, not sexy anymore, right? It's people you know what are I mean? weary. It's people are just so weary of it. I think it's got yeah. It's not yeah. new. It's not flashy. It's not uh, you know the, the pandemic no. that was that was you know that was new and 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 exciting. But climate change, like man, it just feels very nineties. You, I don't know if it, I feel like it was. Somebody's gonna have to go back. A, a dedicated listeners go back. I feel like somebody predicted an increase in climate alarmism on. The 2023, whatever we call it, I can't even remember, the glueys. Glueys. Somebody predicted climate alarmism, or on the 2022 one, I think we're going to go back into that. Maybe it was you, Aaron. Do you recall this? Might be your only correct prediction, if true. (laughs) Yeah, that was me. Okay, he's taking the, he's going to take the credit for it. I'm going to take the credit. Until we, someone goes back and says, it. nobody talked about this. <laughs> we yeah, said, you said decrease in climate alarmism. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, if, if we just churn out enough shit and garbage, we can say that we've claimed things that nobody yeah. will ever go back to vet. <laughs> yeah. Just cherry pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, th- was that about the time we were talking about burning trash for Ukraine? Oh. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was. 
maybe that's what it was. Maybe our trash burning efforts were too successful and we're starting to see <laughs> an actual effect on the climate because of it. God, I hope so. That'd be God, something that'd else. be really great. Keep burning it, everybody. Keep. Let's see if we can get to 107 average temp. <laughs> 107 average temp, moving up seven basis points. Let's see if we can stop the Gulf Stream. Oh, that would be very nice. That'd be I awesome. Think that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Good I, for I'm the into show. It. I'm into it. I, yes, burn more trash. Let's get it going. Cocaine sharks, toads on the road. What else do we got here? Oh, the actors' strike. How are you guys feeling about the actors' strike? Anything funny yet? You guys like what's going on? Oh, I'm just happy to see the uh, the replies. <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah, seems to be a sympathetic anymore. A lot of disdain. Yeah. A lot of disdain. A lot of disdain. A lot of it's disdain. encouraging. It also opens the door for independent uh, writers like us to get our foot in the door if we wanted to perhaps create a movie. Um, <laughs> it would be, I'm ready to write. Well, I mean, it, you know, the, at some point, that's where this goes, right? Like, like the... the this is going to get pushed. This is going to be uh, as much as it's a buzzword these days, but this is going to be decentralized just like everything else. Right. And yeah. so, uh, uh, you know, one of these writer strikes is going to be, a, a, and maybe it's this one is going to be a major catalyst that we look back on and say, wow, they really, um, they really overplayed their hand. They thought they had more than that. That's what than I feel did. like it is. Yes. That's yeah. what I feel like it is. It's overplaying their hand because everybody's a content creator in 2023. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what would be really funny is uh, uh, maybe you guys can guess this. I'll give you one chance. What is a what? What conditions does a protest always have to happen in? What environment? Uh, like high stress or like what? Do, what do you... Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'll 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 say it. Outdoors. Oh oh, I thought you meant you, like what? you can't have a successful protest unless it's mm-hmm. outdoors. Right. Okay? That's plan number one. In order to get what you want, you have to protest for a long time and vigorously, right? That's mm-hmm. point number two. So here's what I suggest. Burn more trash, raise the temperature <laughs> even more. They can't protest outside. They give up. <laughs> yeah. We get a job. <laughs> you got uh, to think, think with a couple layers of Kevin Bacon. You have to think. Yeah, 5D chess. Deta- yeah, you really got to think ahead. We can get more people fired if we raise the temperatures outdoors. They can't protest anymore. They don't have the will. And then maybe things go remote. But if they go remote, then everybody needs an air conditioner. And then that's more climate alarmism for you. It's a positive feedback loop. Positive? Yeah. I'm thinking so. thinking so. <clears throat> yeah, I think, they're, I think they're overplaying their hand. Well, I don't know if it'll be this time, but I, one of these times, I think they're going to overplay their hand. And it, it's. I wonder, I think, I, I, would, I would imagine that there's going to be some like category of in the same way. Uh, I mean, it may just be an extension of indie films, I guess, but I, I bet there'll be a name for, you know, films that are just created way outside of Hollywood with no real, you know, and just go straight to streaming or whatever. Or well, just are that, available. yes, that's kind of what I was. This is the reality of the matter is if you like, okay, when has this happened before? It was a writer's strike in and around the time of the 1960s, late 1960s. The mo- movies from the early to mid-1970s is like the second golden age of American film. And it's because there were a lot of new directors who were hired, new writers who were hired, and the budgets had to be low. So they really had to work with what they had. Yeah. And so it's very possible that we could see a third golden age 
I'm thinking B movie three written by the guys from Zimeline Earth. I'm <laughs> thinking there's a lot of options B and we can be a part of this. Three. B movie three, dude, because they did have B movie two. Did they? I think it was. Yeah, I think they did. And B movie three, we can get Kramer involved. We can get. We can bring <laughs> All right, him I'm in. in. Yeah, there you go. And you can write his lines. You got me. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of overplaying hands, the story everybody's been waiting for. I don't know how often you guys are. Are you guys using uh, GPT four yet in your jobs? Do you ever invoke GPT four for your work? Uh, I'm, I've um, actually been using Bard more. Bard, yeah. Um, there's something very alarming is happening. There is a significant degradation in the quality of the model's responses over the past two months. And this is because they've turned the model on to training itself. And because of Elon Musk, what he did by shutting the website down and making it difficult for the for, for scalpers to come in and take all the data. Um, it turns out they ran this test in May, so they would give them... Fi- uh, uh, 500 math problems, basically. Simple to complex. In March, ChatGPT4 was able to answer 488 of these questions correctly. In June, after giving it the same questions, it got 12 of them correct. Wow. That is 97.6% success down to 2.4. And it actually gets worse. They started asking simple things like prime numbers. Is something a prime number? It didn't manage in 50 questions. It didn't manage to answer correctly any of the prime number questions. Code generation got worse. Again, they fed it 50 questions to solve from leet code. And they measured to see how many times ChatGPT could get code to work. In March, it succeeded half of the time. It now succeeds 7% of the time. So... We are starting to see, much quicker than I actually thought this was going to happen, the feedback loop of AI training itself. And not just that, but the parameters that they put over the AI to make it, they've been training it to lie. We're actually starting to see a, a, a real degradation in the quality of the product because of everything that they've done to it since March. Um, and this is why I don't think there's going to be an AI takeover. Uh, because I think uh. this is going to be a consistent issue with AI. Uh, for all time, the minute that it starts training itself, it I is think, going to degrade. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe just OpenAI's um, approach to it might be wrong, but um, I don't see a degradation overall in large language models. Um, I see them accelerating and being being used in services that we use all the time, like. You know, Zencaster might have an AI client attached right, to it at some point. Would that be a lar- large language model? Um, a large language model, um, sure. A large language model that can, you know, complete tasks. I don't know what that's called, but transcribe. Mach- yeah, I think a large learning. language model is very specifically like call and response sentences and things like that, like predicting the most accurate possible sentence. I think uh, like a- any artistic endeavor where the AI has to train itself, uh, it's, it's just going to degrade into a hellscape and probably at the acceleratory rate as it can be trained by real people. Yeah. 
I think I having it be trained, I, I think a closed system, a closed large language model that you can train on your own, like having it look at your PDFs or having it look at your oh emails. Hitler I know, speech it, one, Hitler speech five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Hitler speech 69. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Training think that's... your AI exclusively on Hitler speeches. Yeah. Fan fiction Hitler speech. <laughs> <laughs> Hitler meets the brony toads on the road. How, how I would have delivered the speech. <laughs> it's great because the quality of the product is going to, like, like car, you say all the time, it's going to be decentralized and it's going to get better. Yeah. Well, if it's decentralized, it wouldn't be training itself. No, no, it would be us training it. That's fine. That works. Yeah. Human beings have the capacity to be creative and do new things and teach one another. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, an AI basically stepping in as a very smart human, I think, will always be good. Uh, I think the minute they plug it back into itself, it's like incest. You know what I mean? Like it rapidly, it becomes rapidly incestuous and starts to become retarded. Yeah. Which is it not can't... produce the things that you want. No, because what we want is extremely subjective and. You know, re- relies on our our human, you know, preferences, and an AI can't possibly have that. No, they could never run this show. For instance, we know exactly what our listeners want to hear, and they would never be able to do that. It would, unlike us, it would talk to itself and eventually create garbage. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah, we can right. never do solo Good. episodes ever. Uh, when was the last time you did a solo? I had like a 20-minute solo episode, I think, Burns you, uh, right? last year or the year before. Oh, my God, it sucked. It's killer. We should I get listeners it. on, and we should make them like do a solo episode, like, kind of like Kill Tony, where a comedian gets up and has to be funny in front of other comedians. Oh. We should get like two or three listeners to do this podcast while we listen and give them five <laughs> minutes. Fucking miserable. Five minutes, and then we m- make fun of them and make them cry. <laughs> you think it's so easy? Be- <laughs> that would be a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing things around, shitting. Yeah. <laughs> I got that's almost all the news I got other than Biden's lawyer, fellas. Um, I've got some news. Please. It kind of com- comes back to uh, some zopics of conversation mm-hmm. from earlier this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep an eye on this. this is a. Uh, Do I actually, need to hit your music? Yeah, you want your go music? ahead. Yeah, why don't you? Yeah. Sit down, let me tell you about the internet. <laughs> Thank you, Birdo. This is something that I wanted to discuss, um, and it involves Twitter, now X. It involves um, Jack's implementation uh blue sky and it involves uh, the open source peer-to-peer version called noster i'm not sure if you've gentlemen have had a chance to blue sky was jack yeah oh i had no idea dude blue sky stinks anyway go ahead um so I, the the blue sky and noster are interesting implementations but like obviously it, they're, they're still in development so there's I, i've been using noster actually a lot and i'm actually i'm very impressed with how how far they've come um in a short amount You've of time been posting on on noster yes i have oh fuck i gotta get over there yeah it's pretty it's pretty badass it ta- it's um yeah it's entirely peer-to-peer so there's no algorithm there's no nothing and what they have done is integrated lightning payments so you can what's called zap people which is a fun little 
fun little turn with of phrase. X or a Z? Um, with a Z, yeah. Oh. yeah. Over there, it's a Z. So um, what, what I, I guess what I'm getting at is I think that it, it, from the 30,000-foot view, having access to or deep involvement with the flow of information and the flow of money is basically the root of power uh, in this, in this new wilder West, uh, okay. you know, you think about back in the wild West that the, the railroad tycoons had, had all the, the, the power because they, they moved goods. Right. I mean, and that's still true to, to, to some extent, like controlling the physical flow of goods is, is a, a source of power. Um, but controlling information and controlling money, I think is probably bigger these days. Um, so if you look at Noster, just from the concept level, like forget about the implementation or how big it is or how many people use it, but they've created a peer to peer, uh, social networking app and protocol and network that has a means to verify an identity. You use pu- public cr- key cryptography to create your own identity and, and nobody, and, and, you know, as long as you don't lose your private key, nobody can imitate you. Um, you can prove yourself to anybody that, that um, you want to prove yourself to. You can communicate with anyone around the world and you can receive and send payments of, of pretty much any size for a retail that, that, that a retail consumer would be worried about instantly without any intermediary um, and share any information, censorship resistant um, uh, and instant. It's it's really from a from a again at a concept level is is kind of mind blowing, um, and I think that what you're going to see is I think you're going to see Jack with Blue Sky attempt to do something similar there, and I think you're going to see Elon do something similar with X, and I think X will be very tied with the legacy financial system. I, that would be my guess. I don't know, um, but I think that will be the this next move as we as we get into the next five years or so will be these new tycoons, although Nostra is open source. So there's no, there's no real tycoon behind it. Um, trying to aggregate humans into their network where um, perhaps they can play middleman on control of information and money. Well, that's um, the smartest guy on earth. Peter Schiff. Was was berating Elon for buying Twitter in the first place if he was just going to change it? The uh-huh. uh, obvious stupidity of that is he didn't buy it for the brand dummy. He bought it for the network. Right, exactly. Bought it for the data. And, mm-hmm. and so if he creates, if he goes the way of like, let's say, like let's say Cash App and Blue Sky merge or something, you know, so, something like that. Oh, if he okay. goes, if he goes that way. Where you can have your own banking, you know, account and routing number with your Twitter profile, mm-hmm. um, and you can receive instant payment. Now, of course, it's going to be difficult to do on the legacy system. Like you can't do micro payments like you can do on Nostra. Like you just can't send fractions of a cent immediately to somebody on the legacy rails. I mean, you can kind of do, act like as a central bank, like a, a, a you know a central booking, and keep track of stuff and then distribute in increments, I guess, but Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, obviously the legacy financial system doesn't support that. But, um, I think that's, you know, that's where we're going here. Can we throw the podcast on Noster? Uh, yeah, I think we could even publish it live on Noster live. We can publish it or we can, we can go live or we can just publish it. 
I think we can go live. We think we can I, go I, live? Yeah, because I see people all the time. So when I open up, so there's a, d- a bunch of different Nostra clients. So in, it's almost like um, I'm thinking about using Snort because I, I like Snort. Yeah, there seems Snort. to be a lot of clients actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of options. Yeah. Which is good. There's a lot of competition out there. But you know, whenever I open my app, there's a live button. What are you and using? I can just go, Sheer curiosity. Uh, a- Amethyst. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. Android so, Bros. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, which is a, it's a pretty pretty nice little app, and uh, I'm I'm like I said, I'm very impressed with it, with it for for only really being out for with any appreciable mentioning on uh, on other networks like for like six months or less than a year. It's I'm actually really impressed with it. Okay. Um, All right. Now, obviously, when when you go over there, it's basically just. Bitcoiners and open source software guys like that. Like that's all a huge portion of who's over there because so the clients have different timelines. No. So they're the, all, they're the, all the, reaching into one metaverse or whatever you'd call it basically. Yeah. Like there, there are different ways to access the network and the, the network, same is a network. Of re- okay. relays. Right. Like, and so like oh, I yeah. run a relay um, and my relay will store all of my data for me and then transmit it to other re- transmit what I want to other relays but that all takes place kind of in the background, but you can just, you can sign up for other relays and yeah, it's, it's peer to peer. So it's a little bit funky. It's, it's a, it's not quite as smooth immediately as the, as like a central, like a Twitter, you know? Um, but, uh, I think it, I think it will get that way. And I think that there, as soon as like g- generally agreed upon workflows kind of come out and say, Hey, download this, go here, go here, go here. It'll really smooth out the process for, you know, for, for people. And yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, there's no, you know, no central company. It's just a, it's just open source software and a protocol. So very, you cool. feel like you can sling slurs freely. You can say anything you want. Slurs I mean, rather can, slurs. Yeah. Slurs. You can say uh, nobody can censor you. They can, if you run a relay, you could technically censor a, a individual user, but there are other relays and you can run your own relay. So, Oh, I like that. I like the Car ability to be able to just censor other people. Car Campit, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's Elon Musk or Twitter or X or his C-suite, who do you think has more of a controlling interest? Uh, the Davos crowd or the F- or the Fed crowd? A controlling interest in what? In X, in the, in the development of X and yeah. how it parses, parses people into... Uh, into manageable groups and feeds them approved information. Um, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I would say Davos, but I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because Elon Musk is pretty powerful on his own. And I don't think that he really likes to, I mean, this is just my opinion based on what I observe, but I, I don't think he really likes to bow to people, not necessarily saying that he, that he gets to not bow to people. I mean, it's, you know, it's a tough world. Uh, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't really have a read. I would, I wouldn't firmly put him in the camp of Davos. I, I wouldn't put him firmly in the camp of the fed. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's smart enough to kind of, um, I think he's smart enough to know his position in the world and know how to stay a little bit slippery. But a little bit, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I feel like I've been slipping and sliding on Twitter for the past three months heavily. Yeah. Well, I, I bring this up because uh, I, I remember in a past episode you were you were hitting on how 
these elite power centers um, for the world economy uh, may not have aligned interests all the time. And this seems Mm -hmm. like these developments in social media um, seem like a perfect battleground for those uh, competing interests to to play out. And that's why it's the very, very fascinating. I think this is the. I think this is basically the next battleground. It's controlling money and and information through something that resembles like, you know, you you have an identity and you and here's the things that you say and who you interact with. Think like combining text messaging, combining you know a- anything, and then also you're you you have the ability to send and receive money. I mean, you're basically supplanting all of these archaic different sandboxed things like a bank, um, a phone, uh, you know, and, and you're bringing all together into one convenient place. Um, so this is the battleground. I mean, I think this is the battleground. If you can control this, if you can get, you know, um, and it's a great hedge too, because, um, if the legacy system starts to falter, uh, you can still be at the center of attention for the control of information. Um, and, and in the event that the legacy system is, is faltering and you wanted to integrate, let's say, for example, Bitcoin as Noster has, uh, you don't have to rely on that legacy financial system and you can still be at the center of attention for, for the control, the flow of information. So I, you know, I don't know, I don't know exactly how it plays out. There's a, certainly a lot of moving parts here, but I think that's where we're headed. I think in the next two years, we are probably going to see a, a lot of people converting over to using some sort of app, maybe not two years, maybe five years, but maybe less, but um, uh. using some sort of app that's like both your kind of identity, maybe that, that you can think of that almost like your phone number, um, uh, your banking, whether that be a legacy or Bitcoin or something else. Um, and then also some sort of social media integration and direct messaging, which would be like texting or something. You know, I, I think it's all all of these things are going to start to consolidate, I think. So I guess I didn't put it together till right now. But what, and I remember listening to Musk on a spaces as ba- spaces, mm-hmm. spaces. Um, where he was talking about what his intentions are. No, he didn't exactly say this, but it's he wants Twitter to become X, the X symbolizes the variable X. It can be anything. And I uh-huh. think that his idea is like a super app, like WeChat, basically. Yep. I think he uh-huh. wants social media, mobile payment, uh, even maybe. Yes. I, I don't know if he wants to the way WeChat is kind of used this way, but it might even be G to C, like government to consumer. Like mm-hmm. m- maybe your mm-hmm. identity is on there. Maybe your eventually you get your it becomes HIPAA certified. You get your medical stuff on there. I have no idea, yeah. but I think yeah. that is what his his angle is. And I think with all the stupid moves that he's done, there there is a a consumer desire for that kind of product in the United States. Um, I think people want a, a thing that you just open on your phone and it does everything and it does everything yeah. in a really pleasing UI, which everybody knows the Twitter UI. For all he's fucked with it, it's it's a great UI. Everybody knows where everything is. It's very easy to find everything. Um, so it would be interesting to see like niche everything apps, but I don't know if they bode well against the the consumer like powerhouse that is X Zitter Shitter, whatever it'll be called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I agree with you. I think there's a lot of consumer demand for 
I think people are starting to get tired of like other apps. Like why? Yeah. Like you just said, why do I need to go to Cash App to pay you? Why can't I pay you inside of this? And I think yeah. people will take that. I think they would love to open. Maybe it's Facebook, and I can just pay through Facebook without having to cl- double click on my phone and it pulls up my wallet with all my digital cards logged into it. Maybe it's just tied into this one thing. So I think you're, well, I think you're definitely right. But I, I think, think Elon wins the space race. Think think. Very well could um, there's but the, but there are some ways that he could falter and and think about this think about it less in terms of consumer demand and think about this more as an aggregation of power and think about what it means to be a citizen what did what what, what makes a nation state what makes what, what what is a nation state giving a citizen what is that relationship and a mm. lot of it is identity and um, you know you you if you have an identity that is issued by a nation state, then you can go down to one of their sanctioned banks and open a bank account and you can send money Mm -hmm. and you can spend money and you can receive money. Um, You can go get a telephone. You need to have an identity identity by and large to go get a telephone. Then, then you can communicate with, you know, so this is, I I think that you're seeing a transformation into the new era of whatever that is. Um, And obviously my, I, my, I strongly hope and believe that over time the open source will win. Um, generationally, uh, I think though, right? Not within half a decade. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, you know, I'm more worried about like qualitatively understanding what exactly is happening than quantitatively Mm -hmm. understanding the timeline. But, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's, I think that's, that's, that's where, that's what I've been musing on is, is watching these guys go after, um, basically the duties of a nation state. Um, yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. Or, I, and is it just a nation state? Because I guess you told me not to think about consumer demand, but well, I was I, saying I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want you to n- not think about it. I was just saying set it aside for the, for that particular topic. It's hard you know to, I mean. but okay, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. Yes, on the one hand, it's identity. I think on the other hand, people just want ease in a in a marketplace, like yeah. an easier yeah, yeah, it's, it's everything. marketplace. Yeah, it's everything. Right, it's everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and a provable can... identity, a provable identity makes that easy. Like that's true. Paying paying someone in the legacy banking system, you know, like it or not, is uh, I know that my money. Well, I, I by and large know my money is going to get to where it needs to go. I just write somebody a check, and they go cash it, and it gets to that person because that person has an identity, and that identity is registered with the bank. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know that that a lot of it hinges on that, and. Uh, you know, so for example, on the, in, in, on Noster, you have a private key, you generate a private key and then you have a public key and you can prove yourself to anybody. And it's basically taking that, um, that, uh, duty or that, 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 um, task, uh, rather than having to go through all of these hoops and maybe you can't qualify and yada, 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 or maybe you're not a citizen or yada, yada, yada. You just generate a private key and then you can prove yourself to anyone and receive money. And that's pretty, that's pretty wild, um, to think about, uh, it, it, if, when you combine a censorship resistant information, uh, information like platform, um, with a censorship resistant money and you can begin to really send money. I mean, you could already kind of, you could already do that, but bringing these things together, I think is, is going to be very disruptive. It's like this generation's syscoin. Yeah, right. I don't know, man. I, 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 we will see. I think where I'm skeptical 
is in the arms race. In the in the yep. in the arms race. So mm-hmm. you're right. There there is an offering for people who want to take it. What you're talking about. But I think if overnight Twitter turned into this thing, I think that that like stabilizes the user base in a way where I don't. And again, we'll see, but I don't know if they will need to jump off. Like, they will achieve a new kind of market dominance, and that will prevent people from being persuaded. Or something less good? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. Yes. No. A hundred percent. I, I, a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I. So you know, just keep in mind that over time, the, first of all, legacy financial system is not built for this. It just isn't. No, you can't. You can't true. do it. So th- that leaves with you. That leaves you with a few options. Use something else. Um, or try to bandage it up in some sort of like accounting nightmare scheme where you just kind of keep track of who is sending who IOUs and <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and and it, and it gets very clunky. Or you use something new, you know. But keep in mind that there are sharks in the water and they're ready to to take your market share. So if you if you have this g- great network of a lot of people and the information sharing part is is great, but you don't get the money part right. Well, mm. guess what? Somebody else might. And if they get that part right, the other parts may well come along with it. So, um, right. you know, the, 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 the market's a tough place and you better get it fucking right or else somebody's going to eat your lunch. It takes a long time. But yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, it, we, I think. Well, I don't know. What's... I don't know. How, how long, how long, I mean, I'm 35. How many social networks have I seen come and go in mm, a year? Mm-hmm. I mean, MySpace mm-hmm. died in like seemingly overnight. Um, because another program came along. And because another program came better. along. Yep. God, I, yeah, yeah. I still miss Google Plus. Google Plus. AIM. Yeah, you remember that? That <laughs> came in AIM. Went, yep, AIM. <laughs> yep. And then, yeah, I mean, and, and you could argue, I mean, I don't know how many users they have, but like who uses Bombs Facebook World. anymore? You know? Let's bring E-Bombs World back. No, well, Facebook's threads fell apart. I'm sure you saw I know. that. Right. I'm, I'm saying that this is a this is a tough place. This is a tough, tough place. And, yeah. and just because you're king today doesn't mean you're going to be king tomorrow. And you better get these things right. That's and fair. what I'm saying what is, mean. yeah. And and I mean, yeah. Twitter could fall apart tomorrow. It, like if they well, what if they what if what if they had a network outage for five days? Like, what do you think would happen? I feel like they didn't that almost technically happen when they were almost cleaning up yeah. the scrapers. They yes, had like a yes. three day shit. Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot yeah. of people moved. You're right, a lot of people yeah. moved, and that can only mm-hmm. happen a certain number. Rome can only fall a certain number of times before there's no right. population left in it. I know exactly. I guess you're right. I well, I don't know I, if I am. I'm just saying. I, I I'm just saying. Don't don't count it out. Yeah, I mean the thermodynamics of it. I think you're right. Eventually, this thing is going to lose steam, and it's going to go to other things until something else concentrates. That's the way of things. I what I, what I do wonder is I, I am not convinced at present that there is a better offering than Twitter. And that's fine. That doesn't mean anything 2 years from now. 
But what I mean to say is, if in two years people are still using X, and X has innovated in a manner that pleases the market, and so most people still use it, and probably other people go, "Ah, you know, I like these decentralized programs, but Twitter's faster, more reliable, and so what if I have to capitulate in some of these ways? So the less ideological people who are using it. We are very reliant on the benevolence of Elon Musk if he's the leader of the arms race. Like if Twitter's, if Twitter's um, brand, Shitter's brand now, is strong enough and compelling enough and it's easy enough to download the app and to use and it looks pretty and they add just enough features, they trickle out just enough features to stay compelling in a number of different markets. We do rely on Elon Musk kind of leading the arms race, the charge here, to where we're going. Because I do think is, I, I do think one thing is that the consumer doesn't really know what they want or that mm-hmm. maybe they know what they want, but they're really at the whim of the creators to provide it. And if they're not getting the thing that they want and they can't even really vocalize the thing that they want, which happens in a lot of innovations, people don't even really know. They can't really say what they want. It's well, all right. Nobody, to, nobody could have vocalized the the airplane before the invention of the airplane, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I, but yeah, well. <laughs> I could have." I'm a special guy. I'm not everybody's yeah. like me. I you see it. Different. I go, "We need a airplane. We need a <laughs> we need a hobby horse." I'm an innovator, but that's just me. Yeah. Most people, most peons, they'll just they'll just get what they want. And so, what I hope is in the future is since I do think Twitter even by sheer force of habit, will remain the most used platform. I think it will continue because of that to set a base level example of what to do and what not to do. 100%. For the other companies to play off of. So we do rely on whatever Elon Musk's vision is. We'll set the, call it the tide for the future, whether it ebbs and flows towards or against it. He will always, or at least for as long as Twitter remains the, the the habitual user's choice, which it will for me for a very long time, where we're at the whim of other people seeing it and innovating off of it to change the world fundamentally, which is fine. But I hope he's a benevolent God because I know the, the last guy wasn't, not not Jack, but the, the CEO and creep team that ran the show uh, in between yeah. Jack and Musk. We're certainly in a better place with Twitter, and this show would be very weird if it was called Zimeline Earth or Noster Earth or whatever they decide to call their timeline. I'm not married to the platform, but a lot of things will move around the platform for sure. Yeah. Oh, I think it's Twitter's to lose or X's to lose. It it, it certainly that's is. True. They have, and that's the nature of network effects. Like that, it's it's theirs to lose. But um, you know, keep in mind too that. Um, they are very subject to uh, political attack as well because they're a centralized company. And that would be the a distinct advantage of, ha- of an open source uh, software and protocol. Right. Is that, so I agree. You know, that brings I agree. up an interesting question, which is why I started leaning towards X because it's Elon Musk. And I think he might be able Great to man be of a history, benevolent dude. god. But, Great um, man of history. Where the question I have is, you know, you said – the next two to three years will be pivotal in kind of seeing where the chips fall as far as platforms mm-hmm. go. Um, what about like five to seven years from now when all these platforms end up coalescing along ideological lines 
and <laughs> you are well, blue you sky have one certainly point. has has started that process yes so as as these platforms coalesce their user base along ideological lines how a how easy will it be to jump platforms when one of them falls under uh either corporate espionage political takeover <laughs> or just cyber warfare <laughs> and uh well you know that that's the advantage that's, that's of the open source that's the advantage of the open source, exactly. right? I mean, exactly. is that it's not subject to any of that. So, yep. um, digital you know, nations you of like-minded view. people going to war with one another, fellas. Yes, it's very weird, man. It's a, it's going to be weird. This is Wild West 2.0 for a reason, man. It is going I to be very bizarre. I remember the four chan. I remember four chan versus Tumblr days. So this really actually isn't that out of the ordinary. There literally were two websites yeah. where different ideology yeah. people would coalesce and make the other website worse on purpose. <laughs> Just yeah. not yeah. because. <laughs> Not for any market gain, but because they had true ideological hatred for one another. Because yeah. they're nasty little guys. They're all nasty. <laughs> and I was on the 4chan side, and, and, we, yeah. and, and we went to war with Tumblr. And I think we won. I actually think at the end of the day, we won. So there was a winner. And I think this, I, you know what, Aaron? I think you fired me up for the possibility of digital national wars. Well, that's the first that I... It took me a little while to, to form that thought when Carr was talking about digital nation states and what constitutes an identity, and I immediately went to ideology. And <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I do no think if you, if you go on to Blue Sky, it is, at, it, is in the, it is in that embryonic stage where it's just forming an identity, and I think maybe it's even just past that stage where the identity of that website has been settled and it will be very difficult to claim it otherwise. Like what happened to Gab, same thing. Uh, the ideology was set first and then there was no digital innovation really on top of it because they got they took it for granted. They were like, oh, we've got a pretty consistent user base of like-minded people. What ends up happening is Twitter won them back. Twitter ended up winning them back. At least on Gab, the, the Elon Musk purchase killed Gab. No doubt, because all the right wingers yeah. were like, "Oh, this guy's more our guy. Let's go back." And they did, and he's been working very well for us. I think he's been working very nicely for us. Jude Social also died because it was only for people who listened to Donald Trump, and so they did. There is these attempts. It is funny now that I'm thinking about it that every one of these digital attempts is accompanied by ideology every time. Like I, don't, I, I haven't seen Noster yet, but you said there was an instance of Noster where it was all very like-minded Bitcoiners. Well, I, I, I mean, it's just the nature of you know, it's it's open source. It's a little bit difficult to. It's not difficult to set up. It's getting much much easier, but it's 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 the nature of things. Like Bitcoin mm. was all it is. It, 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 at least five years ago, 10 years ago was all ideologically similar people. And now it's started to expand. It's just the nature of it. Um, but and so you think the, that will happen is the, the expansion from the base. I think so. Um, I think that the open source, uh, um, option will become so much better, so much quicker. Mm. Um, that, like in, like, in terms like of open source does user experience or in yeah, terms, in of, terms like, of just security. about it. Uh, both. Yeah. Uh, 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 just because you have an, uh, a, a theoretically infinite number of contributors, um, you know, it, it just, it will, it will accelerate very quickly. I mean, um, and it's not beholden to shareholders. It's not beholden to anything except for what do people want? And what do people want to code? I would challenge you on this. Um, in order for the user experience to appeal to the lowest common denominator, it 
by by nature can't be open source because open source is it's is rightfully and justifiably limited and um i guess what it can interface with as far as uh like established established institutions i guess well i guess where, where i'm going is that you're not going to be um interfacing with established institutions at, at, at some point here Oh, so that's like um, a total, total revolution. What do you mean by established institutions, Aaron? Like Just so I if Noster wanted to interface with PayPal or if Google or any uh, of these established institutions with that, a right. huge like use case and user base. Um, Centralized platforms, like exactly the opposite of what cars talking about this is why i think twitter will remain market dominant but it doesn't mean that the other platforms won't be able to innovate off of that and oh yeah there may be a bigger ideological break you know that has to come for where people start to abandon paypal in favor of a decentralized service or a non-custodial service to make payments just a direct consumer to consumer there may be an ideological shift there but i don't think you I don't think for the platform to grow, it necessarily has to do that. Plus, remember, people can have multiple platforms. They can. I have think open source just these. has a lot more hoops to hoops to go through. Uh, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. But I, I can see the I actually, they can. I, I disagree. You're you're not having to apply for anything. I disagree. You know, I mean, you're not yeah, subject to any political whims. You don't need to go through continual licensing. Yeah, you but what to... regular person wants first movers advantage? Well, it doesn't need it because you're not having to turn a profit. You know, you you can just sit there and and wait. You, you're the not a payments business. are attached to the Lightning Network. You said yes. That's going to be a hurdle. Although I don't know because I haven't looked into it recently. As far as like, oh man, how it's so smooth. Much it's better. Great. Yeah, much better. Oh my god. Yeah, it's man. Amazing. I mean, I'm telling you, if I could just click a button and have it do a macro for me that does all the stuff to set it up, I would take it in one second. I would take We're that in one second. Close. I We're know. I've heard. Close. Yeah. yeah. When that happens, yep. I think there could be a big. I wouldn't call it a bubble because yeah. I don't see a reason why people would need to come back from it. But I, I, yeah, when I you think still that's there's still I'm, that foundational level that I think needs to be made as uh, what do you call it? Absolutely. Call you, what do you call it? You call it a path of least resistance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But, but, but I mean, ultimately what I'm saying is like, if we, if we're talking about this sort of consolidation in an app, like a single app that does all of this stuff, the legacy system is going to be finance is going to be fundamentally clunky to deal with it. So I'm mm-hmm. not saying that mm-hmm. it won't win it for the first few years, but at some point they are, they are just trying to like basically run a marathon uh, or like, you know, with a crippled body, you know, it, it's just not built to yeah. do that. And, and you're going to have to either come up with these crazy, you know, logistical schemes to get around it or use something else. And uh, I think that, you know, there, there's a lot on the horizon here that both in terms of just the technology available here, but then also in the macro environment and stuff like that, that we're, I think there could be quite a tailwind into it, um, into, into something a little bit uh Mm-hmm. Less tied to to the legacy financial system. Not that people also, are going to ab- abandon it immediately, but um, you know, at some point, if you've got all the payments, if you've got the ability to pay anybody, you know that you know, um, do you care what you're paying them in? And yeah, you know, right. Maybe yeah. At, at first, yes, but maybe not as, as you go along. And and um, my guess is there will be 
ways of converting on the fly, like you see with Ellen Strike and stuff like that, where you can you'll probably be able to have your dollar wallet and your Bitcoin wallet, um, mm. and you can and you can hold whatever people send you in one or the other, and, and then you're going to see one go up and one go down, and I, it, it's probably going to put tremendous pressure to go one way versus the other. Yeah, I think. I mean, if that happens where you can have an instant conversion from dollar to Bitcoin without interfacing with legacy institutions, that would be insane. And yeah, that would be huge for me. I, and, would, yeah. I would take that. And and yeah, they 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 have created something like this to create a synthetic dollar. Um, and I was just now are they going to run afoul of regulators? Now it's not going to be. Um, it's not, it's, it's part of the technology stack. It's not part of the, it's not, it's not a part of a business. I guess. Yeah. I have to get Apple to ban it from the app store. <laughs> Things like that. Like <laughs> yeah. the way they normally attack you. I think there was, I don't remember what French croissant eating idiot from the 1960s talked about this, but like digital, the digital bifurcation of life. I also feel like there's a distinct possibility that people will use just both apps for different things or yeah, maybe the yeah. same things. And that will at least allow for the exposure of the things going on on the smaller decentralized app that may eventually shift people permanently. People are not restricted to using one. And, and again, maybe people like the way that people use Twitter and LinkedIn. Very different. <laughs> very different. I cannot same be people, who I very am different. On no, no. And you shouldn't <laughs> and you shouldn't be on Twitter who you pretend to be on LinkedIn either. There is a dual <laughs> don't do what you're doing on one platform on the yeah. other. Very possible. Yeah, there there that will be consequences happens. for crossing streams. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. like if you start being a LinkedIn guy on Twitter, yeah. I will fire you from the podcast. So yeah. there's there are consequences either way. And I think that people may adopt Noster maybe to be more of themselves as Twitter starts asking you to put your identity phone number, everything into and it. But, but there they still, you have it. Right. There you yeah. have what the yeah. fundamental problem is, is that they're yeah. a company. And in order to facilitate this sort of thing, they need to get licensing and they need to do KYC AML. And yeah. so you're going to force everybody to have to give all of their information yeah. to this website and pay for a subscription with your credit card. And that's going can to be the we, way uh, that it is. It's the internet and in the internet, dude. What can we fuck? make a solemn pledge live on air this Wednesday? Uh, if Twitter enforces KYC, we're out. I'm out. Yeah. No. If I if they I'm even in. if they if they enforce any any verification, yeah, I'm out. I'm I'm out. Do you have your phone number in there or you have a fake phone number in there? Uh fake. Okay. Oh, they it's me, dude. It's all me. I was thinking of going the exact opposite way and making Twitter my very true and real public self. Your LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm super <laughs> Yeah, it's my I, because I'm thinking about going the Pekinones way. Where yeah. I have a strong enough base of funders that I can just be me. I can just That'd be, be who I want to be, dude. I, I will snail. rise above. Yeah, dude, I'm getting real super stinky online for sure. <laughs> I, I think in, in going the Pete Quinones way, um, you should diversify your platforms, uh, preferably before you get kicked off your main revenue generating one. Because I know that, that, was very, that losing YouTube was probably painful for them. I'll think about it. You know. And then but it would also be really also funny to not have any payment platforms and basically have to be like a homeless crazy guy, but then I hop on spaces for an hour and record. And then I'm yeah. me again. So you're going the Thomas 777 route. Dude, that's you nailed it. 
You nailed yeah. it. He I is in to living nobody. the dream of every content creator. Yeah, I'm not giving in to nobody. I, I, I'll, maybe I'll do a Noster, but one day I'll go by my real name on Twitter, and then in the bio <laughs> it'll just say the N-word. <laughs> and that'll be... <laughs> and what I'm thinking about doing is, is this would... sort of Nick Fuentes path where I'm so niche for such a niche audience that people can't get anything like what I'm doing from anyone else, so they have to pay me. They have to find ways to pay me. Uh, Bird, you're a genius. One of us needs to go down with the ship. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you are the And you're going to have a family, Aaron, and Carr, you're too interested in decentralized technologies to do this. I have to go down with the ship. So... One day you, when you Elon have, Musk you asked no me to put my in identity life whatsoever. in, when he pu- asked me to put my identity in, I'm going to link you my say, okay, LinkedIn fine. to my Twitter and give him my ID, and then I'm going to change the bio to the N-word, and then I'm going to change my username to <laughs> N-word user. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be N-word user, formerly known as Bird, just like he changed Bird to X. Yep. <sighs> Maybe we could call it the X-word. Wow. I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Adios, gay lords. There you go. All right. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for entertaining my uh, my rant there. I know it was the most oh. serious topic that we've covered in weeks. We probably lost yeah. most of our listeners, but it probably made some of our listeners who've been around for a long time very happy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very happy. Uh, news okay. bulletin, fellas. I recorded an episode with El Pulpo. It will be coming out at exactly the same time as this episode on the Over the Line Patreon feed, so feel free to go over there and pay us money. Also, I would like us to get a, a linear mail episode over the weekend, if possible. I know that you, Carr, were struggling with some. You were struggling last week with some allergies. I hope you're feeling yes. better. We will feeling work to record. That's good. Good to hear. I'm losing my voice, so hopefully I don't lose it by the end of the week. Um, and that's all my announcements, Aaron. What are the two or three other podcasts that you've put in episodes for? Uh, most recently was the Pete Quinones show. Nice. Yep. Of whom, of whom I'm a equity partner. <laughs> you at this point, I think yeah. you've got to make the case at this point. Yeah. Yep. Pete, uh, I want a quarter percent. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a basis point. One basis point. Yep. A basis point for every time the basis point rises, just to cover me. There you go. All right. What do you got, Carl? All right. That's it, man. That's all I got. Uh, yeah, but uh, we'll definitely do a linear mail. Um, so, uh, yeah. Till next week. Two hands on the wheel.